Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and executive producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach. And this show is meant to give you tools to love yourself enough to go after your dreams. It's a show about the intersection of creativity, spirituality, mental health, and self-development. And we kind of talk about everything under the sun, like what it means to be human and how to lessen your suffering through being who you really are and unleashing your inner creative. And one thing that I've discovered again and again from doing over 100 episodes of the show and talking to some of the most brilliant creative minds out there is that a huge part of the creative process is rest and taking time away and allowing the mind time to rejuvenate so that you can come back with those amazing ideas. And so this week, I'm doing just that. I'm taking my first vacation that I've taken since 2019, which is wild. And though I am taking time off, I did not want to leave you without some great creative material. And as I mentioned, we've done over 100 episodes of this podcast. A lot of them I have done partly solo or 100% solo. And I do this thing called a creative check-in where I go through one, two, three, sometimes four or five (laughs) creative revelations I've had in the past week, how I came to them and how you can use them in your own life. And so this week, I wanted to share some of my favorite ones with you. We would call this a best of episode in the business. Um, But there's some really great stuff. And, you know, these check-ins are, in some cases, over two years back, you know. So even when I was listening back to them and we were selecting which ones we wanted to use, Emily and I, my associate producer, I was like, oh, I said that. You know, it's funny. It's like sometimes we say things and we have no idea the impact it's making on others, but how much we need to hear it, too. And so in listening back to this, I got a lot out of it too. But today you're going to hear creative check-ins on everything ranging from why crowded spaces or crowded space isn't really a real term, in my opinion, why it's more important to be good than nice, and what the difference between nice and kind is, why it's important to ask the right people the right questions, and how to listen to your work or view your work through loving ears and or eyes. So strap in, get ready for some creative check-ins. And yeah, I'm really excited to share this with you. And I hope that wherever you are in your journey, it makes an impact and helps you through. So here it is. Let's jump into the creative check-ins. I've been thinking a lot about the phrase crowded space. And I've also been thinking a lot about candles. And I promise that will all make sense in a minute. So when you enter almost any creative industry these days, you'll hear people say, well, it's such a crowded space. But I had a particularly jarring moment myself with the phrase crowded space right before I started this podcast, when somebody told me, Basically that you can't make it in podcasting anymore unless you're a mega huge celebrity. And I think that it's great because this show is already proving that wrong in a lot of ways with the success it's had because of you. But it did jar me as I was about to enter this quote crowded space wondering, well, do I have what it takes to do it? But I didn't really have any way to 
fight what that person was saying to me at the time until this week. So my cousin asked me to be a bridesmaid in her wedding, which is very exciting. And she sent this cute little box to ask me and it had little presents in it. It had a corkscrew that was actually a magnet. It had a card, a handmade card that she had done and it had a candle and it was a candle that I had never heard of. It was from a company I'd never heard of before. It was called White Barn Scented Candles. So that got me thinking. I have three other candles in my apartment. All of them are from different companies. All of them are on the newer side. Candles were invented in 3000 BC by the Egyptians, okay? They really became like what we know them as today in 500 BC when the Romans took on candles and made their own version. That was thousands of years ago. A new candle company pops up every day and some of them become multi-million dollar industries. If candles can break through the noise in a, quote, crowded space, then why the hell can't you with whatever your creative desire is? The answer is you can. So don't listen to anyone and what they say. Yes, it is a crowded space. It would be great if whatever space you're entering didn't have any competition. But if that's not the way, if that's not the, the option you were given, then do it anyway. Do it in a way that's uniquely you. And if you do it in a way that's uniquely you and authentic to you and you find tools to market, even if you don't have a lot of money, even if you don't have a huge audience, I promise you, if you stick with it, you will make it. Because if a candle can break through and become a multi-million dollar business in 2019, thousands of years after a candle was invented, then fuck anyone who says that you can't do it with what you want to do. A big revelation I've had. Stop asking the wrong people the right questions. I'll say it again. Stop asking the wrong people the right questions. And I had this revelation because I've been getting a lot of opportunities as a podcasting expert and mostly on the side of producing because, you know, I, I produce all these hit shows. I produce Brene Brown's podcast. I produce the Goop podcast, Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart. I've done Lauren Conrad's and Marie Shriver's and Girl Boss Radio. So all these big podcasts and really have carved out quite a name for myself as a producer. And so I was getting some opportunities as an advisor and as a coach and even as a speaker and uh, a teacher at times. There were just like some other opportunities even within my job where, you know, there were like liaisons I was making between other companies and my company. And, you know, what I've always, I love producing. It's actually become kind of a, it was an unknown passion. I, I fought it with all my might. Turns out I was really great at it. Couldn't fight it off. And clearly it was meant to be because I was able to climb up the ladder in this arena of my career so quickly. But the thing is, it wasn't something I ever sought out. And I was always so clear about what I wanted. Since I was little, all I've wanted to do is perform, literally, since I was three. And so a lot of times in my producing career, I felt like, why am I so close to what I want, but I can't touch it? And what's the big deal about asking for like, I mean, I've always wanted to be on air since I was young. So like, what's the big deal about asking to be on air when you're a producer? But people have a hard time with that. It's, it's a very hard thing for many people to wrap their brain around. They don't want to accept that you can have many roles, even when the roles are incredibly similar. And even when the roles, so 
for instance, my role as a host on this show makes me a million times better of a producer. I'm launching a new show starting next week. And I guarantee you that no other producer would have put the care into this, getting this trailer exactly right like I did, because I care because I know what it's like to be on the other side of something and want something to be perfect and be a complete representation of who you are, what you can do, what the show is about. And so I spent extra time, hours, like until 10 o'clock at night working with them and editing that show. If somebody wasn't a host, I don't think that they would have done the same thing and done it on such a quick turnaround. And so that's one small example, but I know what it's like to be on the other side, so it only makes me better. I'm taking an incredibly long tangent. But that's to say, like, I've often in my career gone toward people who either had producing roles or wanted me to be a part of their venture because of my producing knowledge and presented them with, and I also do this other thing. I'm also an incredible host and I'm a singer. And I would ask them about opportunities in that vein. And listen, I don't do it right away. I wait. But if it's like a package deal that they're offering up front, I do say, and I'm also interested in hosting because I think it's important to be upfront about who you are and honest about who you are. But long story short, after a recent interaction where I brought up my hosting career, I realized I've been asking the wrong people the right questions. Why am I going a long way out of the way when I could just go directly to a source? So if I want to get a hosting gig, why don't I just apply to a hosting gig? Nothing's stopping me. If I want to go on a tour, why don't I go to somebody who's looking for a singer and ask them to, you know, consider me for their tour? Yes, sometimes it is smart to parlay one thing into another, but I'm looking back at all the times when I've like been like, and you know what else I do? And realize, like, these people don't care. They just want to get their show done at the end of the day or whatever it is. They're not, like, looking to hear about my hopes and dreams. Just because when I hire someone or when I work with someone or when I literally talk to someone for five minutes, I must know what they want to do and how I can help them. I have to start realizing that the whole world doesn't work that way. And while it is important to put out what you want to do, I think we got to do it this way. You know, yes, make people aware of who you are and what you do. But as much as you can, ask the right people the right questions. Ask people who are looking for the thing you actually want to do if you can do it with them and create opportunities for yourself. And this goes with everything. I mean, it's even with dating. Like if you're putting yourself out there with somebody who has a girlfriend and and you're a completely lovely person and you're asking the right questions, like do you want to be with me or or would you want to get together? And they say, no, you're just asking the wrong person the right question. And it's just a matter of asking the right person the right question. I hope this is making sense. It was like a huge, huge light bulb moment for me because I think I've wasted a lot of energy in my career and in my job asking people for things that they just simply weren't willing to give me. And I could have instead channeled that energy toward my own projects and channeled it toward people who had projects that would see what an incredible host I am or a great singer I am and help me do those things rather than trying to hinder me and just like redirect me toward the thing they wanted me to do in the first place. I, again, think it's very short-sighted, especially when someone works as hard as I do and I know you do to not give somebody or like allow somebody to be the fullness of who they are when it would be so simple to do it. But with that said, I get 
that people are just trying to get their job done. And I can't keep expecting that everyone functions the way I do. I mean, literally, I just want to know everyone's dream and help them make it come true. And I think that's why I do love producing, because especially when I can produce somebody who's a little bit more scrappy, who doesn't have as much of a name, and by that I mean like isn't as much of a household name, but you know what, to be honest, like even some of the people that I produce, you know, some of these big people that I've produced are just so humble and wonderful that they always want notes, and I'm just blown away by that, like, and it just goes to show that's why they're so successful, because they're always willing to ask for help, but Again, I'm going on a tangent. I was going to say the reason I love it is because it's like coaching and that's what I love and that's what I'm kind of always doing. Like I have to realize that not everybody's like that. And yeah, I need to create more opportunities for myself to be like that, to uplift other people and to really uplift myself and put myself in the right rooms, ask the right people the right questions and give myself opportunities instead of wasting my time bashing my head against the wall with people who just really don't care. They just want me to do the job they want me to do and they want to move on with their lives. It sounds a little aggressive even to me as I'm saying it back. I'm like, no, but that sucks. Why wouldn't they just do it? Because it'd be so easy because I would give them that much more. But just put yourself in the right rooms. Put yourself in the right rooms with the right people ask the right questions of the right people, and you will get rewarded. But as long as you're going towards somebody who has a limitation for you and for your life, you're always going to get a small result, and you're always going to be disappointed. And instead of wasting that energy getting rejected and disappointed, you could just go towards somebody who actually cares about looking at you as a whole person and wants to help you achieve your highest good and recognizes that when you are given the reins to your life to do all the different things that you're capable of, to be the multi-passionate person you truly are, that you're going to do even better at the things, the specific tasks that they originally wanted you for. And I mean, again, I'm making this very specific about my own life, but I think the way you can look at it is, like I said, the relationship thing is a great example. Even like telling somebody what your dreams are, you don't want to share that with everybody. Maybe you do. That's fine. But if you're a sensitive person like I am, sometimes it's not safe to share all your dreams with everybody. And like, why waste your energy telling somebody who you are and what you want to do when they're just going to say nah to it anyway? So know who to share your dreams and your hopes and even the painful things in your life with. It's really important that we choose the right audiences and that we ask the right people the right questions. So again, stop asking the wrong people the right questions. That doesn't mean you're not honest about who you are. You tell everybody everything you do. But just know not everybody cares to hear it, and that's okay. You're going to do it anyway. (laughs) It's just going to be with different people. And it's honestly, they're going to look back on it and kick themselves. So I think that's it for this week. One more thing, actually. (laughs) I'm going to ask you, if you listen to this podcast, I know we're like-minded and like-spirited and we're dreamers and we believe in the power of a dream. Try to be a person who's a right person for somebody to ask. If somebody trusts you with listening to their dream or listening to their story or to who they are, Even if it doesn't have to do with what you're looking for in that moment, don't disregard them. Hold it for them. And if you can help them, help them. It doesn't mean you have to drop everything and do it, but just keep them in mind. Or if they have a specific ask and it's not going to be that hard for you, do it. 
And certainly if there's somebody who works for you, try to help them achieve their dreams. You know how much better the, the world would be if we could all just be living our truth on a consistent basis? It's honestly not that hard. It's just people's small-mindedness that keeps us from doing what we're meant to do. For instance, I'm, I've been living home with my parents in Michigan for a while now, and the girl at, at our local grocery store, Farms Market, it's amazing. If you're in Michigan, definitely check it out. Um, her name's Kelly, and she is an incredible chef. And every time my mom's on the phone with her, like I have to get on, on the phone with her because she like pr- does the pre-prepared food there and it's a local market. So we really do know everybody who works there. And Kelly's just really special. She puts so much care into everything she does. She's a really good cook. Like she makes all these pre-prepared foods there. She works in the meat department, gets my mom pristine cuts of meat. My mom's very paranoid and she's incredibly patient with her. So I just know that Kelly, no matter what she does, whether she's at farm's market or if she's working a big corporate job or she's an artist, She's going to be amazing at whatever she does because she puts so much care and so much heart into everything. And everything that we've tasted from her is honestly delicious. So I just know she does her job well in every aspect of the job. I want to help Kelly. Maybe it's her dream to own a grocery store. Maybe she wants to become a chef. Or maybe she just wants to keep moving up at Farms Market. But I want to know what her story is and help her. Like, why shouldn't we see everyone we possibly can? Anyway, I'm just asking you to be a seer. Be a seer, and when somebody sees you, trust it, open your heart to it, allow them to help you, and help as many people as you can achieve their dreams. Because I really do believe that repressed creativity is the cause of so much of the world's suffering. And there's a lot of fucking suffering right now, so we don't need to repress our creativity on top of everything else that's going on. So, yeah, let's all commit to each other right now. Let's put on a little promise ring and commit to each other to be seers, to allow ourselves to be seen, to help other people's dreams come true when we can, if we can, and to start asking the right people the right questions. I have been thinking a lot this week about paradoxes. Most of the time in life, I think we want to just tidy everything up and put different things in different boxes. And I would like that too. I mean, I don't want to be put in a box, but I would like things to make sense and to be straightforward and for A plus B to equal C. But we know that's not how life works most of the time. That's certainly not how creativity works. I mean, unless you have a super linear process, which God bless you, but that certainly hasn't been mine. But, um... Yeah, I want to talk about paradoxes because it's something I've been realizing a lot. Life is many things all at once. So with that said, for me, there's a few paradoxes that I've been experiencing recently. I've been going through extreme rest and extreme work. Like I'm either working really hard, working all the time, or completely turning off. And I actually think those two things go hand in hand, you know, it's like, I used to think that even my rest periods needed to have some level of work or efficiency to them. I'm realizing now that rest does not need to be earned and that it certainly doesn't need to be efficient or productive. It's okay if I want to watch three episodes of Dead to Me with my dad and then lay in my bed and eat chocolate covered espresso beans. 
That's just an example. I don't know. I, off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> you can be an extreme person and still have balance, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, you can be someone who goes super hard in either direction. I mean, ideally, I think you would get to a gray area, but that's not my natural, you know, strong suit. So what if in order to balance, at least for the time being, while I am learning to get to a place where it's more gray and it doesn't have to be such extremes, I'm at least balancing the time I'm spending doing each thing. Fear and creative expression. I can't think of one time I've done something creative that I wasn't also scared of. I mean, creativity is a form of love, right? So it's it's the most expansive energy in the world. It's infinite possibilities. It's seeing things that weren't there before. Fear is shrinking and small and small. But I can't, like I said, think of a time when I've been creative that I didn't also have fear. But I think in order to make yourself do the creative thing, you have to find a way to quiet the voice of fear enough that the voice of creativity drowns it out, you know, or you feel the fear, you have it there, you know, it's, it's tugging on you. But the light that you see from the creative exploit is so much brighter that it doesn't really bother you. Trauma and healing. You can be traumatized by something or someone, but the very act of acknowledging your trauma or having another person acknowledge your trauma can bring you some healing. The thing is, seemingly different things can coexist and they do coexist. And so our peace lies in getting comfortable with that and realizing that those things are more connected than we think. I also had a realization this week in doing a show to promote my music. It went really well. It was a live stream. And when I listened back to it, I listened to the whole thing and it was actually, you know, really pretty great. But there were maybe three notes I didn't quite hit as well as I would have liked to. And I noticed after I got done listening to it that the whole time I was listening, trying to pinpoint every little thing I did wrong. I was listening like, I was going to say like a hawk, but I don't think that's the right way to say it. But I was listening with such attention for what I could possibly do wrong. And I was so ready to pounce on myself and tell, berate myself for getting that thing wrong that I missed out on all the great things I did. And so, yes, I think it's really important to listen to yourself or watch yourself, or read back on some work you've done, and ask how you can improve. That is 100% important. But what if when we took in some piece of creativity, or some part of ourselves, instead of looking for everything that was wrong, we looked for what was right. And then maybe the second or third time, we, we look for what we could improve. But not with the idea of like, oh, that wasn't very good. Oh, you could have done that better. Oh, through the lens of, how could I improve? Again, looking at what's positive about it, what you can change versus looking for an opportunity to berate yourself. That's a commitment I want to make to myself is I'm going to start looking for the things I do right before I look for the things I do wrong. Because guess what? It's going to give me more courage and self-esteem to go into fixing those things that I'm not doing as well as I could if I first focus on what I am doing well. And the last thing I really want to talk about with you is, you know, this release. I think I just want to encourage you because you've been through it 
all these music releases with me, right? You were here when I released the podcast, obviously. You were here for my first music release, which I was so nervous about and put so much pressure on. And whew, it was awesome. It was beautiful. I'm so happy it happened. You have to have a first release of something at some point. But it was really difficult. Um, the second one was much better. There was pressure on it because obviously it had that People Magazine article, which was amazing. But it was a lot less pressure. And the third one, it's interesting. I feel really breezy about it. I'm also getting ballsier, which is interesting. And I think it's because I'm like opening myself up to being all of who I am, even if somebody might not like that. Like even letting out some of the parts of myself that I've in the past been uncomfortable with, like my anger and I'm not using anger as like a way to lash out at people. I'm just saying like when an appropriate action happens that should make a person angry, I'm not restraining myself and swallowing my own voice. I'm allowing myself to speak. But I think getting in touch with that piece of myself has really helped me care less about getting rejected and therefore on a greater scale, what other people think of me. Fear of anger for me was tied up with fear of not being liked. And so when I've kind of eschewed that away, like when I've thrown that idea of like everyone needs to like me away, I feel a lot less tied to how people feel about me and my creativity. Does it make me feel good when somebody tells me that they don't want me on their show? No. But if you recall, if you listen back in November, I think it was, no, it was December, I did a podcast episode about rejection. It was like, totally destroyed by all these rejections I had. And now I'm like, oh, all right, on to the next. There's no shortage of radio shows. So (laughs) I mean, and guess what? I feel proud of myself that I put myself out there. I'm no longer focused on the fact that that one person didn't want me on their show because I wasn't their taste at this time. I'm focused on the fact that I took a chance on myself and asked for something for myself. And now I don't have to ever regret not doing that because I did that for myself. I took my part. I'm really proud of myself because, you know, I'm starting to understand why when people come on the show and I say, but how did you do it? They say, well, I just did it. They didn't just do it. There's always a method that we have in going about building our bravery and our courage. But I think what I'm learning more and more is the more you do it, the easier it is and the less rejections hurt because you're used to being in the arena. It's going to happen. Some will hurt more than others. Don't get me wrong. I might do an episode crying about rejection two weeks from now. I can't guarantee anything, but I'm just saying today in this skin, in this moment, I'm really happy that I've let some of that go. My skin is getting thicker And I want to encourage you, if you're on your journey, to know that it does get easier. Every time you put something out there, it gets easier. (sighs) With that said, listen to yourself through loving ears. Get in touch with the pieces of yourself you've been repressing so that you too can become ballsier. Know that it does get easier when you put more things out there. The creative process is messy. Many different things can exist at once. And that's okay because we are multifaceted, multi-passionate, creative beings. And so why shouldn't we be multiple contrasting things at once? I was watching something this morning. 
It's a series on Amazon Prime called The Boys. And if you haven't seen it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's about superheroes, but it's not what you think. I'm not usually a fan of superhero stuff, but this is kind of like the anti-superhero superhero show. It's about so much more than that, too. It's about sexism. It's about racism. It's about the kind of power controls and constraints that we're under right now in our world, in the United States in particular. And there was this line that was on there this morning that blew me away, made me rewind, pause, replay, and jot it down. I had to transcribe it because it was just so powerful. Let me read it to you. Fuck this world for confusing nice with good. Okay, so this was said when two women on the show were talking and the one girl was trying to say like, listen, I'm on your side. I'm part of your team. I just can't be as overt about it as you are. And the other girl was saying, they make women think that we just need to like smile and say yes to everything, but fuck this world for confusing nice with good. And I think that just has so many different meanings. So today's check-in is don't confuse being nice with being good. And I think that the idea of niceness holds us back so much in life, particularly for women, but really for all genders, because a lot of times this idea of niceness holds us back from making the leap, doing what we want to do, fully being ourselves, because a nice girl wouldn't do that, or a nice boy wouldn't do that, or a nice person wouldn't do that. And I'm not talking about being kind. To me, there's a delineation between nice and kind, right? Niceness is a constraint. It's a box that you have to fit in in order to make other people comfortable. Kindness, the connotation of kindness for me, is more of a soul-based thing. It's when you extend yourself to another person to make them feel less alone. Niceness is very, very different connotation-wise for me. I don't know if it's the same for you. But for me, a lot of times it's been this box that I've been either made to be in or that I felt I had to fit into in order to make other people comfortable. It's what keeps us from speaking out about injustice. It's what keeps us from our dreams. It's what covers up bullies a lot of the times. You'll hear people say, oh, but he's so nice. Just because he's nice doesn't mean he's good. Sit on that one for a minute. (laughs) You can be nice. You can be pleasant. You can be polite. But that doesn't mean you're a good person. I'm thinking about this in particular with speaking out about injustice or politics or speaking your mind on something. I think in my family, while we are very loud and boisterous and out there in a lot of ways, there was this undertone of don't stir the pot, don't make people uncomfortable, be nice, keep it up and up. We don't want people talking about us. And I'm really grateful that You know, I think through my self-expression and like through getting to know each other more and through many other different things, that kind of messaging has changed. But there's definitely still a hesitancy within me and I would say my mom in particular in expressing our viewpoints because we're afraid of being perceived as not nice. And I feel that every time I express something, but I still push through because I know it's what's right. But I'm deeply uncomfortable about it, but I would prefer to be good than to be nice. But if you're the type of person who's held back your beliefs or your thoughts because you didn't want to stir the pot, like this is not the time. The world, humanity has never needed your voice, your creativity, your art, your soul, 
your self-expression, your desire to help others more than this very moment. We're at an all-time high as far as our need for honesty, for big voices, for expression, for goodness, for deep goodness, which doesn't always coincide with niceness. Sometimes you got to get mad as hell in order to make a change. And that doesn't mean that you don't have kindness in your heart. Kindness and anger can very much coincide, I believe. Righteous anger is an expression of a desire for more kindness. And so I just want to take this moment to encourage you to look at the places where you've been being nice or playing it safe and to call upon your deepest goodness to get uncomfortable. Choose discomfort because discomfort often aligns with goodness. I know, especially as women, and you know, of course, gentlemen, I know there are some of you out there listening to, I love you, I appreciate you, but I do know from my stats that 84% of us are women who are in this creative community. I just want to call to you if you identify as a female, we've been told to shut up and look pretty. And I want to encourage you to get messy, to get loud, and to be good. And not good in the way that society has crunched us into this little box. Be truly good. Be a beacon of goodness. And that doesn't always coincide with niceness. Sometimes it coincides with being loud, being angry, you know, all the things I said. It's scary. I'm not going to lie to you. It's fucking scary. It's uncomfortable. But that discomfort brings growth and it can bring healing and... You weren't born to be quiet and nice. You were born to be kind and loud and expressive and creative and truly good. Your meaning of good, not whatever society put on you or your parents put on you. What does good mean to you? Define it for yourself and get out there and embody it. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to my associate producer, Emily Shulmanovich, for helping me put those clips together. You know, I think the piece that resonated with me the most, because again, a lot of times I say things, like one of you, the listeners, will like tweet out something I said. I'm like, I said that? I don't even remember saying that. So it's interesting, because again, I think sometimes I say the lesson that I need to hear. I mean, almost always. The reason I did this show is because I need to hear this show. You know, I needed to get tips on how to unleash my inner creative because I think when I started this, I was definitely repressed. Still not fully out there, but each day I'm inching closer and closer. And I think one of the things that resonated the most with me was listening to my work with loving ears. If you're always searching out for the imperfections in what you're doing, you're robbing yourself of the opportunity to have self-compassion, self-love joy. And this is supposed to be fun at the end of the day. If we're choosing anything creative, it means that we choose play for the rest of our lives. So why are we policing our play? Um, That really, really resonated with me. Also, the asking the wrong people the right questions. You know, why spend so much time convincing people that don't care? Focus on the ones that do. So anyway, I hope you got a lot out of it too. 
If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show, post about it on your social media, tag at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And my wish for you this week is that you also get a little rest and that you listen to yourself through loving ears and see yourself through loving eyes. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.